Curious Cousins and the Improbable Treasure Hunt, Chapter 5, Into the Breach, in which the Curious Cousins investigate a loud crash. The kitchen was large and almost empty, except for an enormous table that stood without chairs for company. That's odd, said Paul, as he pulled off his raincoat. Where do you suppose the chairs went? Probably sold off, replied John, who was following his twin's lead. Without the table? The kids walked closer to the table. It was long and would have easily seated five on each side. The honey-coloured surface had been scarred with the message, Get out of my house! Right then, said John. I can see why it's still here. Daddy and the twins piled their wet coats on the table. Cat walked over to the fridge and rested her hand on the door. They've kept the fridge plugged in. Why would they do that? I guess they don't want it to get all stale and smelly if they're trying to sell the house, answered Danny. Doesn't make any sense to waste the electricity, mused Cat, almost to herself as she tugged on the door. When it opened, the kids were surprised to see a jug of milk standing on the top shelf. There are apples in the fruit bin too, said Cat, as she pulled open the drawer at the bottom of the fridge. Strange, said Danny. I didn't think ghosts ate apples. And she giggled. Wouldn't they much prefer blueberries? When the twins finished their groaning sounds, Cat asked, Do you think a homeless person has moved in? If so, he's a healthy vagrant, replied Paul. Do you think he's in the house now, whispered Grace? The kids looked at each other, eyes wide. That hadn't occurred to any of them. Could there be someone in the house with them right now? Was it the same person who had scratched that hateful message into the surface of the table? I think we should go, urged Cat. If there's someone here, it could be dangerous. It's still pouring outside, said Danny. Let's have a quick look around. Come on. Before Cat could object, Danny pushed through the door that led out of the kitchen. The twins followed. Grace and Cat could stay in the kitchen or follow the adventurous three. Ugh, huffed Cat in exasperation as she took hold of Gracie's hand and followed them through the door. The dining room was empty, but for a pile of boxes. What do you suppose is in all these? asked Danny, walking over to a carton and pulling open the lid. Books, she announced. All these boxes are filled with books, asked Paul. There must be 50 boxes. He pulled two off a stack and opened the box at the bottom. More books, yup, he said. Whoever lived here was a die-hard bibliophile. A lover of books, translated Cat. The stained glass doors on the other side of the room were closed. Danny turned the knob and pushed. Nothing happened. There's no lock on the door, said Paul matter-of-factly. It's just stuck. Give it a good shove, Danny. Danny put her shoulder against the door and pushed as she turned the knob again. The door flew open and Danny face-planted on the other side. The boys whooped with laughter. Danny scowled. Not funny, she groaned. That's why we're not laughing, guffawed Paul. Now quit your quaddling and let's see what else is odd about this place. Grumbling, Danny picked herself up and the cousin crossed the front foyer to another set of French doors that opened onto a living room. Almost everything that had once made it livable was gone. 
There were two cushions on the floor and a small square table sat just in the front window that overlooked the street. Every other bit of furniture had been removed. Nothing much to see, said John. A loud crash came from just above their heads. John and Paul jumped. Grace grabbed onto Cat, squeezing her arm hard enough to leave little tiny half-moon marks from her nails. Danny grinned. Okay, there's something to see, she called as she started up the stairs. Danny, come back, hissed Cat. Too late, Danny was up the stairs and disappearing out of sight down the hallway. When the others caught up with her, Danny was opening a door. As she did, there was a flapping of wings, another loud crash, and Danny slammed the door shut again. The room is filled with birds, she squeaked, surprised making her voice rise. Birds, chorused the twins. Yes, one headed straight at the door when I opened it. But I could see there were more sitting on the windowsill. How many, asked John. I don't know, snapped Danny. I didn't really stop to count. Do you know what kind of birds they are? asked Cat practically. They're big, flappy things with huge wingspans, talons like hooks, and beaks like razors, said Danny. So pigeons, laughed Paul. Daddy thumped him on the shoulder. John was almost doubled over in laughter. They've gone quiet, said Grace, listening carefully. Maybe you startled them when you barged in. Danny started to turn the doorknob again. No, don't, his cat. It's okay, said Grace, tilting her head slightly. They're all quiet. Danny pushed the door open very slowly, and the five heads stacked like a totem pole peered through the gap. Wow, said John very quietly. Danny pushed the door open a little more, and then the five were standing in the doorway, staring. Curious Cousins and the Improbable Treasure Hunt Chapter 6, Birds of a Feather In which Danny gets more than she bargains for The cousins were staring at another empty room, except for about a dozen birds that were cooing and pecking on the wooden floor. Danny pointed to one of the windows that was open. The paint on the frame was peeling and the sill was covered in grey-green and white splotches. That's open. Do you think they just decided to make this home? I've heard of birds flying into houses, replied Paul, but I've never heard of them moving in like this. I don't know, said John. On TV, there are always birds flapping around in abandoned buildings like old factories. I guess that's true, nodded Paul. Shh, hushed Grace. I hear cooing, but I also hear some other sounds, different bird sounds. Danny took two very small, very slow steps further into the room, trying not to startle the birds that were pecking away at the floor. Grace, her hand tucked into waist of Danny's checkered shorts, moved slowly behind her sister. She turned her head slightly. There on the left, she said. Danny turned to look. Sitting on a very large stand was a parrot. It didn't appear to be changed to the stand. It cocked its head and peered at the intruders. And then it squawked. It was a loud and angry sound and the birds on the floor flew up, flapping wildly, creating enough of a wind to scatter the seed they'd been eating to the edges of the room. Danny and Gray stood stock still while the others who had started into the room right behind bumped into them. Ouch, cried Danny as Paul stepped on the back of her heel. Watch it! 
Sorry, Danny, apologized Paul, but he wasn't as focused on his cousin as he was on the bird sitting on the stand. It's an African grey, said John. They're very smart birds. So those pigeons might be here by accident, noted Cat, but the parrot's no accident. It must belong to someone. Morning doves, corrected John. What, asked Paul? Those aren't pigeons. They're morning doves, and I'm stunned to see them inside a house like this. Very peculiar. The doves had resettled on the ground and were pecking at the yellow dust on the floor. The parrot started to coo. Ha! laughed Paul. I get it now. They were following the sounds from the parrot when they came in here. Do you think it can talk? asked John. Hello, intoned Danny in a voice people use with babies and cute dogs. Hello, pretty bird. Hello. Hello, mimicked the bird. Startled, the children started to laugh. The parrot laughed a throaty sound to match, which made the children laugh harder. Danny stepped forward into the room and the doves scattered, flying up and around and then out the window. But Danny and Grace, whose hand was still tucked into her sister's waistband, moved slowly towards the parrot. Hello, said Danny again. Hello, said the bird. You're a pretty boy, said Danny in her gentlest voice. You're a pretty boy, repeated the bird. Pretty boy, pretty boy. The bird shook his head, then spread his wings and ruffled the grey and white feathers that covered his body. Danny held up her hand with the back of her hand facing the parrot and her thumb tucked down into her palm. The bird flapped its wings, lifted off the perch and landed on the edge of Danny's hand. The kids all held their breaths. Danny gently blew into the bird's face and the bird's feathers rose along its neck and head. Slowly, Danny moved her other hand up to pat the bird. The parrot squawked, bit Danny's finger and then flew off her hand, landing on the floor at the other end of the room. Ouch! exclaimed Danny, jamming her finger into her mouth. The stupid bird bit me! Paul laughed. You're clearly not the bird whisperer. The spot where the parrot landed was in shadow. The windows at the end were covered in heavy drapes and the parrot was lost in the gloom. As the cousins made their way towards where they thought the parrot had landed, Cat said, He must belong to someone, so there's someone living here. I don't think we should stick around to get caught breaking in. Let's just make sure he's okay, said Danny. Oh, I'm sure he's fine, said Cat, and now I'm telling you we're getting out of here. We don't know whom he belongs to, and I'm not sticking around to find out. Cat turned purposefully. Grace, Take my hand. Boys, you're leaving with me. As she approached the door, she tossed over her shoulder, Danny, if you want to stay, you're on your own. Danny decided objecting wasn't going to do any good. Looking back into the gloom, she said, Bye, pretty boy. As she left the room, she could have sworn she heard the parrot laughing.